You're listening to the Limitless Career Podcast, the show where you hear the how, why, and what of creating limitless careers with me, Just Jazz. I'm a multi-passionate, wildly ambitious lover of tea and r and I'm also on a mission to guide more high achievers to the careers and lives they deeply desire through coaching. Yeah, you heard me, desire. No shame or secrets about it. Here, we boldly embrace ambition by owning, being, and doing more in our careers. And in each episode, we break down the barriers to creating something that will make you and everyone you know step back in awe while keeping it simple. So what are you waiting for? Let's dive into the episode. Okay, welcome to this week's episode of the Limitless Career Podcast. I am so excited to have some special guests plural with me today. I usually have one other person, but there's a few topics that I want to dig a bit deeper. I want us to understand some different perspectives and more than anything, see that that can look very different across different careers and different walks of life. And that's a thing to celebrate. So our topic for today is about making empowered decisions. And this is something that I've spoken about on the podcast before, but we're going to talk about it in the context of those career pivots, those shifts, those changes, the things that kind of freaked you out a little bit, those intuitive hits, the things that when you explained it to your loved ones, they were like, okay, cool. Um, and we're going to get under the hood with that. So today I've got Hannah Cordell, Anna Campbell and Heather Jeffries with me. And as per usual, in turn, I'm going to ask them each to introduce themselves to you, our listeners. So I'll start off with Hannah. Hey, how are you doing? I'm really, really well. Thank you for having me. Um, so, uh, yeah, so my name is Hannah. I uh, have recently launched the UK's first spontaneous co-working network for women. Um, it allows women to meet in their own locality and to their own schedule. Um, and yes, it's brand new. Uh, so lots of scary leaps recently. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you, Hannah. And Anna. Hi, everyone. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Jazz. Really happy to be on here today. Um, So I'm Anna. I am founder of Reclaim Your Lane, which is a um, business all about empowering you to take ownership of your career, feel back in control of your career and have a direction that you're kind of confident and excited about. So I'm a personal development and career consultant, but I'm also still um, a head of HR in a company. So keen to talk about uh, my pivot from doing both hustle and uh, full-time work and the uh, empowered step or big step I took rather to um, make that change. Amazing thank you Anna and last but not least Heather. Hi everyone thank you so much for having me Jazz. I am Heather I am a presentation skills coach. I support others to communicate with confidence so they can connect to their audience with, with ease with authenticity and feel like they can really show up and step up and achieve their goals. So my background, I trained as an actor and choreographer uh, and had uh, other career changes and squiggles. So I am very excited to share my experience of making some scary decisions along the way (laughs) to where I am now. Amazing. Thank you so much, Heather. And you touched on it quite well, because I think throughout our career, we're making decisions day to day. We're making decisions as entrepreneurs in our day jobs. Right. Do I do this first? Do I do this last? And the decisions that we want to spend our time talking about today and really unpacking a little bit are the ones that are scary. 
they are the risk, the adventure, the unknown. Um, and I actually want to start with you, Hannah. What what was that moment like for you? Like that moment in the middle of the decision where it's like, I need to do this thing. I need to move. I need to take a step. Well, for, for me, that was absolutely huge because um, I, I'm an architect by training. And um, after my twins were born, I um, started a portrait drawing business and worked for myself, by myself at home for a year and a half. And I just struggled so much with the isolation. And I tried to meet people and sort of make connections, but I just wasn't able to do that in a sort of a flexible, spontaneous way. And mm. essentially... The, um, the business that I've made now called Work With and getting people to meet up was made because I needed it. I literally couldn't find it, so I made it. Um, it was my way of dealing with those things um, and a bit of a, an extreme way of doing it. But, um, but yeah. Yeah. And was there any, I guess, was there any doubt or hesitation on your part as part of that? so much so much doubt um and and also I didn't have the people to talk to about it about my doubt so I almost had to sort of um cover my ears and go blah 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 um <laughs> so the doubt doesn't get in because as soon as it gets in it's there and it's you know it sort of feeds off any negative thought you have so I, I had to plow on with all the sort of background planning and everything and just knuckle down to something that I felt very strongly about <laughs> without letting mm. letting any doubts doubts get in I think that's a huge thing that I know I definitely relate to which is kind of realizing that going forward means that I might be misunderstood for a little while um and putting those blinders on you know putting my hands over my ears is that something that um either of you relate to Anna or Heather for me, um, yeah, I mean, I was always brought up or just assumed that you followed one career path, very linear. You picked a career and you kind of kept going until you reached the peak or the highest point of that particular career point. But when I started to feel quite unsettled, restless, demotivated in my career, um, I, it really was quite a moment to be like, okay, this isn't working for me anymore. I'm going to have to make a pivot. Something's going to have to change. And at that point, I did have to put blinders on because everything else is telling me what I should do. I should progress in this way, but I knew it wasn't right for me. So I had to pivot. And at that point, really keep blinders on for me to stay focused on, okay, who am I? What am I about? What do I want to be achieving? What does success look like for me? Um, so I had to kind of shift those blinders from this way to my mm. way. I love that. And I, you actually in many ways answered what my next question was, which was what were the things that you thought about in the middle of that? So you gave us a nice list of things to consider, right? What makes you happy? And in many ways, I'm not surprised as a career consultant uh, that you yeah. applied tools in that sense. But I'd love to hear from you, Heather, what were some of the things that you considered before your move? And also give us a little bit of, uh, I guess, an overview of what your shift was or one of your shifts were. Sure. So I went to drama school, which in a way <laughs> you graduate from and you don't have that linear career path trajectory. Mm -hmm. It's quite um, wonderful. You've gone to this conservatory, you've had this training, now you're unleashed. So in a way, I didn't necessarily have the pressures of, of following a linear career path in that way. However, I did have the pressure of I do need to earn some money <laughs> to support <laughs> myself as I pursue these creative endeavors. So um, I fell into, 
you know, I fell into retail management. And for me, the pressure and when I needed to put my blinders on was when I found myself uh, continuing to take promotions and uh, climb up the ranks of the retail management ladder. So from an external perspective, I looked successful. However, from an internal place, I knew that something didn't feel right. My really um, forced me to, to tune in to my own you know, dissatisfaction and um, sort of there's a part of me that felt really angry. <laughs> Why couldn't I accept the fact that I was doing well with this and allow that to be enough? But I knew where I was, even though there were many components of my job and career that I did enjoy, it wasn't the right fit for me. This isn't where I was going to sit forever. So it was for me about unpacking what was going to be the next thing and uh, exploring uh, how I was going to problem solve myself out <laughs> mm-hmm. of my um, air quotes successful career. I think that that is so huge. And I think something that I see come up a lot of times when it comes to making these shifts. Um, And I thank you for being so transparent about it, is that anger of why can't this be enough for me? (laughs) Why am I always seeking more? And sometimes that's an purely internal thing of, you know, you looking ahead and being like, okay, I need to do some work to figure out some stuff now. But a lot of times I feel like it is that friction against the way that we are sort of taught in society of that linear journey so almost that sort of shame or blame of why can't I be like quote unquote everyone else they study they do the career they stay there they move up the ladder and they're happy with it why am I not happy Um, and I think that's a huge thing that comes up for people who identify as high achieving or ambitious this element of more and even when we get there there's always a more, right? There's always that next level always being quite forward looking. And yes, that can be exhilarating. It means that we carve, you know, we carve out really unique and fulfilling paths for ourselves. But there is that sort of shadow side where it's just like every once in a while I'd like to just have a shorter to-do list. I'd like I'd like to not be self-developing. <laughs> I'd like to not be upgrading my business and you know, and 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 again that. I know for me personally, that's more of a fleeting moment or in a moment that tells me, okay, you need to take some time off. Um, but that is a consequence. We aren't sort of these like bulletproof juggernauts that are always going for more. And, it, you know, there is that side of it where we would like to know what it feels like to feel comfortable with the linear and comfortable with the now and comfortable with the present a lot more. Um, I saw you nodding, Hannah. Is that something that you relate to? <laughs> Well, it's it's a huge thing, actually, because so you'd think in architecture as a, as a profession, um, you know, there's lots of sort of exciting things. You're always progressing with a project, but actually it's not. It's quite static in its way. Um, it, 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 you know, you have various presentations and meetings and you're meeting clients, but there a project can last four or five years, you know, and, and um, to see it through either you leap from from job to job, um, which isn't recommended and you don't achieve the final uh, result. Um, or, you know, you have a more um, getting out there role where you go and meet clients and do sort of more networking. And actually that I, I've only realized at this point in my life that that didn't 
suit me. I needed to come up with more ideas. I needed to be out there. I needed to make connections and and try out new things and test myself and test the, the boundaries, you know. Um, so in a, in a way, it took... It took a change. So, for example, it was me having my twins and and my children and um, lockdown and everything to for me to actually look inside myself and realize what it was uh, that I actually wanted from a profession. Um, and it, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. Um, that's that's why I sort of felt the strength to make this step. It wasn't just out of necessity. It was of necessity for um, career progression. It was because I needed more for myself as well as as well as my career. Yeah, definitely. And you touched on something there in terms of having your children. And that's something it's actually a conversation I was having with a friend the other day. Um, and just talking about, although on one hand, knowing that and she's expecting, so she's pregnant. Um, knowing that this child is going to be here makes her look for stability but it also more more, like almost over the stability really propels her to look for that fulfillment because her happiness is no longer just her own her happiness now an example to that child but also um without getting woo-woo but just in general the energy right the energy that you have after a day of work for your child or even the energy that you have doing both or you know all at once right we live in a we're recording during the half term so <laughs> everyone who on this who's on this call that has children is acutely aware of where in the building their child is <laughs> so that's what I mean when I say doing both right we're on the call for work but we never stop being sort of parents um and I say we very lightly as somebody who doesn't have children I'd love to know what that if any, um, sort of infused into that search for that more, for that fulfillment, or even in making the decision, I don't know, did you, did any of you that are parents, um, and I'll I'll send this over to Heather first and bounce back to Hannah, but did it make you delay decisions, time them differently, speed them up? What was that like? I'm, yes, I'm happy to speak to that. So I, knew uh, when I was, I sort of call it my period of stuckness in in retail management, I had uh, made the decision to stop pursuing my dance theater work that I was doing. So was trying out different career options. And in the back of my mind, knew I, I was married, we were in a place where we could start a family and knew that hopefully would be a stop on our uh, personal journey. And so I knew that finding what my next career step was, I was hopeful that I could find the solution before having um, a child. So I did uh, start testing and iterating on whether or not I wanted to be a presentation skills coach and realized quite quickly in delivering even my first trial workshop, yes, this is it. So did Mm -hmm. really want to pursue that while I was pregnant with my first I continued to try to set a foundation. However, when I was due to come back from maternity leave, I knew that I was going to hand in my notice, but I hadn't decided whether to go all in as a presentation skills coach or to find a role that was more uh, people development training Mm. focused. So was a bit split about that. 
long story short, made the decision to go all in as a presentation skills coach right before lockdown, <laughs> a couple of weeks before <laughs> lockdown, and happened to um, launch my business in June and get pregnant with my second slightly more quickly than I had anticipated. So in a way, I knew that I had less than a year of launching my business to ensure that when I was finished with maternity leave, I had something to come back to. So it, yes, it did hyper-focus me, light a fire under my butt. And even though before having children, I didn't want to have that be the cause of why I made my decisions, for whatever reason in my mm -hmm. head, that was like, no, it should be enough to do it for me. Well, I did do it for me and also my family. So that that's, yeah. I guess, a little side thing to unpack. But that was something that certainly did uh, paint and uh, color <laughs> mm -hmm. how I got um, from one, you know, one part of my um, career path to the other for sure yeah and Hannah what was that like for you I saw you smiling as Heather was saying a few things listeners you cannot see the smiles but <laughs> what was that like for you <laughs> uh yeah huge <laughs> um a lot of what I am now doing is is about flexible working is making your life work alongside the children it's not changing your life to to you know manage drop-offs and pickups. it's actually, as lockdown has taught us, you know, it's actually um, showing us actually there are a lot of benefits to this way of life and actually providing um, sort of remote working opportunities and um, making sure that, you know, women aren't stuck in the house. They are still going out and, and making connections and um, sort of getting, getting the other benefits of, of office environment, but still facilitating um, uh, a, a sort of a more flexible life. Um, there's obviously quite a few uh, women promoting this out there uh, on, on social media, um, like Anna Whitehouse and, and people, um, because actually there's there's a future here for, for women working from home. And I think um, it's only once we start talking about the benefits of it that we can actually, um, and the benefits of, of working your life with your children, <laughs> not sort of one mm -hmm. against the other. Um, so it's, it's a really positive move, I think. Um, and it certainly is for me. Uh, it's just, it's just getting it, getting it, getting it to work and getting the politicians on board. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. And you, you, I think we've we've brought up, you can't not bring up the pandemic, but I think even listening to you sort of made me realise how much there are so many decisions around being more intentional with how we work now. Um, and flexibility being one facet of it, but kind of going from this space of I get to work a certain way to I want to work a certain way, i.e. I will say no to this quote-unquote opportunity if it doesn't align with that. And I think that's so inherently powerful. And I kind of, in many ways, imagine a world where we're all doing that because then we're all showing up each day intentional, whether that's in our business or working for someone, they can trust and believe that we're there because we want to be there, not because we have to, we're there because we want to. Um, and that in and of itself is a very different energy. And especially speaking here as, as for women, 
right? When we look at the history of women in the workplace, it hasn't always been bright and rosy. And I, I feel like we're in another frontier where we're really, really highlighting, um, we're highlighting that if you are a parent and you're working, that shouldn't automatically put you into this space of have to. You still deserve the get to and the want to and the all the abundance and the joy that kind of comes from that. Um, and yes, not everybody is on that train quite yet. Um, they still think you should kind of shrink yourself. It's like, oh, you're pregnant or maybe not. Don't aim too high. Don't move jobs. Oh, gosh. Dare not do that. Stick out the crappy, crappy environment so you can get the maternity pay. Um, and more and more when I speak to women making those empowered decisions, say this isn't the greatest environment for me. I don't really care how much you're paying for maternity pay. Or actually, if I create my own um, business where I'm in charge of it, I can decide what those things look like for me. And of course, like you said, in turn, my family. And I'd love to hear from you, Anna, in terms of just the pandemic being what I see as the most recent frontier of the shift in people kind of going going for it. If that's something that you've seen in how you've made your own decisions, but also with your clients, because I'm sure this is something that comes up, you know, your business called Reclaim Your Lane. <laughs> so mm. it's inherently about getting people to get to that space of what do you want? What do you desire? Yeah. Not what, you know, what's just tumbled down the pathway towards you and you've just been yeah. like me. <laughs> oh, 100%. I mean, whether we liked it or not, the pandemic forced some serious reflection time, right? We were in our homes. Mm. Yes, we were busy with lots of things, but we also had a lot of time. And I think for the first time ever, everyone kind of took, really was forced to take stock about actually, you know, I've got a bit of perspective on life now. Mm. What works for me? What doesn't work for me? What makes me happy? We were, you know, it's a very confronting time about life you know not to be dramatic mm. but about life and um the shortness of it and how we use it how we use our time so you know I myself am a pandemic business it was the mm. kind of push for me to really set up what I wanted to do and help other people in their careers but you know I get this amazing perspective with my clients who have reflected over the pandemic and thought right I'm going to take back control reclaim your lane if you will um reclaim my lane and kind of really focus on what it is I want to do now you know I've been people pleasing I've been putting others first I've been staying small now I'm going to really own it um, but also from my head of HR point of view as an employer we're starting to think about okay how do we kind of support people with these career ambitions and career um, pivots and all the things that they want to do now that's slightly different so I'm getting this great um visual on kind of both sides of the table if you will as like an employer and kind of people who are really wanting to make changes this podcast is brought to you by just jazz private coaching the six-month one-to-one experience for high achievers to carve their unique and limitless careers free from overwhelm and underwhelm with challenging and curious coaching, we get knee deep in all the things getting in the way of you having a hell yeah career instead of a career that feels meh. If this sounds great to you, book a call today at justjazz.co forward slash coaching, where we will map out the what and how of working together. in many ways there's a lot out there about the great resignation but I think there's a lot of organizations that are seeing it as a positive challenge and an opportunity to really double down on their employee engagement 
to really create a culture of intention whereby if you do decide to move on, I want to make sure that you're truly making that decision for yourself and wish you all the best, right? Um, More and more, again, this is a very progressive approach to it, but I'm hearing stories of people telling their managers, look, we had a candid conversation. You told me there's no kind of progression for me here you know I'm motivated by that. I'm motivated by unlocking my potential. I'm starting to look for stuff. And, you know, the manager off record being like, I can intro you to this person. Or I know somebody who's opening up a new team over at X, Y, and Z. Why? Because you know, to a certain extent, it's a little bit of a gift (laughs) for somebody to have that candid conversation with you, because then you can you can succession plan on one side for, from the organization's perspective. But you also then, again, it's another point that goes ding, 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 ding. I've created a working culture where people respect this, this work and our mission enough to be intentional. And the minute that they feel that that's getting difficult, instead of me watching somebody check out over the process of a year and output just go down and down and down and down and down, you're putting a full step, you're putting a stake in the ground and saying, look, this is how I'm feeling. It's going to impact things kind of going forward before it does. I'm going to look for a new opportunity and I'm going to be as helpful as possible helping you find the next person who my seat is their growth. It's their next big adventure. Um, And I think in many ways that takes confidence to do, that takes psychological safety in an environment to do, but that also takes a bunch of self-trust to go, I'm trusting what I'm feeling. I think it's the language that I heard from all of you explaining that it's like wanting more dissatisfaction, that not feeling happy, not feeling fulfilled, trusting those nudges when they occur can be the first step to us actually making that decision. Um, I definitely think that's something that I related to. um, And actually this is something that's quite interesting when you were explaining how interior design is, Hannah, um, it brought me back to my moment of being in real estate, studying as an assistant surveyor. So um, when you're a surveyor, to be qualified, quote unquote, you go through a two-year process of, you're sort of learning on the job, you're doing assessments, you're collecting CPD. And I remember being one year into that. And at this point, because I was a quote unquote experienced hire, I wasn't like the graduates fresh out of university. I was putting myself through a university course, which I'd needed to qualify to basically transition my experience. Um, I was doing the work of the fully qualified surveyors because they knew I had the capacity and the know-how to do it. And I remember having a conversation with somebody and saying, so what's it like? You qualified like two years ago. What's it like? And they were just like, it's pretty good. You know, I go out, I do the site visits, I do the valuations. uh, I chose to move into this sort of department. Um, Yeah, and you know, just trying to make my way to, to partner or whatever it may be. They were super happy. I was freaked out because I walked away from that conversation saying, so basically what you're telling me is that you do the exact same thing that I do you just get paid an extra five grand for it. And the only excitement that you have is making partner, but you still wake up and do the same thing. Or moving from like valuations to commercial real estate or commercial real estate to residential. That's it. That's the pathway that everyone takes because that's how it's designed. (laughs) Run, run. Inside me, I wanted to pivot on my heels and run because that's not what I thought it would be. 
Um, and lo and behold, again, for anybody who is on the real estate path, I did discover that the exciting uh, frontiers and, and, you know, squiggles and adventures and potential pushing was what people unlocked when they decided to work for themselves. So I'm not saying I'm not kind of poo-pooing the surveyor career track, but if your career track lives inside a corporation, that's, yeah, it's linear, linear life. Linear freaks me out because I'm not that and I'm not going to promise to somebody that I am that. Um, even in my current role, I've been at the company three years, spent two years as a customer success manager. Last year, they said, oh, we've got this role. We think you'd be a good fit for it. Would you be interested? I looked at it and I said, this looks great. And I pivoted into a community manager. Again, that role wasn't there at the beginning. Definitely not linear. But it is that moment of, oh, this sounds great to other people. But to me, I'm freaking out. This is not going to be enough. Um, and that's what sent me off into tech. Because I saw it. I saw an industry, not just a like organization. I saw an industry where my ideas would be welcome and everyone's creating their own path. If you have a linear path, it's kind of like, okay, maybe you, you're, you know, you're at one of those sort of OG firms. You've worked at Microsoft for like 15 years. So there's very clear and clear cut things, but for everyone else, it's just, I'm winging it. I'm learning something new every day. Um, for better or worse, I'm doing kind of two different people's jobs. Um, <laughs> all of those different things and I just saw that and I thought that's exciting and that's a space where I wouldn't I wouldn't think twice about making those empowered decisions to step into things because I'm in an environment where that's expected it's expected for me to have a conversation not just in the annual review but at any point to be like where do you see yourself has this shifted how you thought about where you want to be in six months so it's not even like a five-year or ten-year plan it's a uh, next year by the end of this year, what do you want to have said that you've achieved or you've done or you've checked off? Where do you see opportunities? Any projects? Da, 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 da. So uh, it's a full body thing for me. Jazza, when you were just saying that, I loved it because you had a, it's, you described your vision. Basically, it wasn't about my goal, one, two, three, my next five or 10 year plan. You know, when people say, what's your five and 10 year career plan? It makes me wince a little bit. It's more like, what's your vision? How do you want to feel every day? How do you want to wake up? Who do you want to be surrounded by and inspired by? I think you've got to start with that vision. And you know, clearly, you kind of said there what resonates with you, what you love and what you don't love. So, um, yeah, well done you. Yeah. Hannah. Oh, no, I was going to say it's it's funny um, and hearing you talk about it, that I've never sort of heard it referred to in, in that in that way or, or reflected on it, actually, because I'm a military child. I got my, my dad was in the army when I was growing up. And that's like the, the classic you go, you get promoted, go step, step, step. You work your way through a system and in architecture it's the same and in most professions. And I, that's why I found it so difficult to communicate to everyone around me what I was doing and how I was doing it because it blew their mind <laughs> the idea of just setting out on on something that had almost no end to it you know had I just had to kind of go with it I'm learning I'm not watching a lot of YouTube <laughs> and just sort of doing a lot of research to find out how to do things and get things done but my, there is no end goal with this project, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting women together. I'm creating sort of an app. I'm into, you know, entering into the tech world, into all these different worlds um, in order to keep it progressing and keep it, 
it growing, keep the actual thing that I'm creating growing, not, not me. <laughs> it's the thing that I'm creating that is going to grow and, and get bigger. And I think that it's it's so difficult to explain that to, to family members who have just ne- never even sort of entered into that sort of way of thinking about, about career. Um, and, uh, and hence my need to connect with others that, that do that because, I need the confidence to do it as well. You know, I know what I need to do <laughs> as such. No, I don't, but, yeah. you know, <laughs> I'm learning. Um, but, I, you know, having other people around that understand the the, the, the things you're coming up against and the, the, um, the sort of the weirdness of it all um, is, is totally new to me. Yeah. Oh my gosh, there's so, so much in that. So a few things I'm going to pull out from what you just said that I 100% relate to. I think people assume when you make a decision boldly that you know what you're doing exactly and you're like a thousand percent on it and you must be so smart because you know exactly what you're doing. When I find for me, it's not that. It's just once I've made a decision, I made a decision, I'm going to follow it through. I might undo that decision with another one, but... I kind of approach it with a sense of conviction because I know I'm never going to find out truly unless I do it. And actually even you saying that reminded me of when Heather said, like, I tested out this full-on presentation skills thing, right? So there's still an element of experimentation. It isn't just like, I decide and voila, Hannah has an app. It's, (laughs) I decide, (laughs) one step. Don't ask me about six steps forward because I'm figuring it out. I'm almost imagining, I think it might actually be in a cartoon. I watch a lot of Disney things. Um, But, you know, just being in a cartoon where like, as your foot steps forward for the next step, it actually appears in this alternate universe. That's kind of what, what it's like and it doesn't mean that we didn't make the decision it just means we just made a decision (laughs) and another decision just to make keep on making them to keep putting one foot in front of the other and I think so being surrounded by other people who are sort of building the plane while flying it is so inspiring and it also teaches I know for me it teaches me that it's safe to live life that way it's safe to run my business that way and not safe in like a let me recreate my linear pathway in entrepreneurship, but safe in the sense that I'll always end up where I'm meant to be, wherever that is. Yeah. We don't have to figure it out, folks. We just figured out this step. That's <laughs> half the fun though, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Heather. Yeah, if can I can I jump yeah, in? I jump completely in. agree. The I find the entrepreneurial journey so exciting because of what you've just described, the gift of time and space to be able to make something where there's nothing and also to um, continually be the one who's in the driver's seat to mm-hmm. be able to, you know, take things slightly off course if you need to, to be able to uh, make those decisions, which yes, of course, on the flip side, there's the responsibility and the, the, oh, that's a bit scary side of it. However, I feel for me, having that agency is um, incredible, especially having come from, you know, in retail management, like a big behemoth corporate uh, environment, right? Uh, To then be stepping out as you're on your own mm-hmm. and to be able to do that for yourself is amazing. Can I also say something that yeah. you know, a few people have picked up on that I just want to uh, explicitly 
say, yes, I agree, (laughs) (laughs) is uh, this having a community around you, right? So we said you can feel like the outlier as the, like, why are you not happy doing this linear thing, right? Like we've spoken about. However, really seeking out that community and finding others who are walking that path alongside you equally (laughs) unsure of what that next step is but sitting with you in that same space I think is so important and has been for me incredibly important on this um, journey and I suppose we always want to be in community (laughs) with others uh, regardless but I think especially when you're somebody who is doing um, yeah something a bit out of the ordinary, it can be incredibly um, oh, reassuring and, and invigorating to to have others around you, 100%. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to get curious. Is anyone in the middle of just made or about to make another one of these wonderful, empowered, scary, oh, just know the current step decisions? Hannah. You, well, <laughs> well, just that um, I'm at the um, position in my business um, where I've got a sort of good group around me. We're starting to do these sort of spontaneous co-working sessions and meetups and events. Um, but for this to grow, I need investment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the massive leap that I'm, I'm currently, I'm in sort of uh, friends and family investment round, which has been really exciting. And I'm about to sort of make the next step into sort of pre-seed and seed investment. And that is, is <laughs> for me, just, it's, it's so exciting. Like, I, I love the idea of spreading this word out there and just telling everyone what I'm doing and being like, give me money. <laughs> but... <laughs> but um it's also just so unknown for me Mm. um I don't know what I'm stepping into and it could you know everyone's sensitive to criticism and um sort of want to protect themselves always from that but actually when you make this it's easy to stay in your little comfort zone I'm comfortable in the position I am with with the people that I have making connections but I'm about to sort of reach out and get it all out there and there's going to be sort of quite a lot um, sent back in my direction. I think that's the, it's scary, exciting, but it has to be done. So Mm. I'll just have to dive in. 100%. That sounds so, so, so exciting. And there's just so much of your vision in that, right? Um, I think quite often what others maybe don't see is that that will always outweigh the fear is the potential on the other side. If I do this, the new reality that it creates for myself and the people that I'm trying to serve, my mind's blown. So why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I? I think that is, that's the part of the story that sometimes isn't understood from the outside. But we feel that quite inherently. Even, again, Listeners, you're listening, but you can't see on the screen. But Hannah just exploded. There was so much energy there. She is pumped. She is pumped. Okay. <laughs> because of that, Hannah's got that vision, you know. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for bringing us on the inside of a good old decision in progress. Anyone else got one of those? <laughs> Anna. Yeah, I'll go for it. Um, 
So as of two weeks ago, I officially went part-time from my corporate job to help focus on my pivot of my Mm. business. Um, And do you know what's really interesting? Lots of people have been surprised by that. I don't have children, but people didn't realize that you could ask for part-time or flexible type of working if you didn't have children. So just to kind of get that in there. But yeah, it's been quite scary. Um, Obviously, there's a financial impact on that as well. But um, yeah, I just thought, what if I don't? to your point just mm. then then Jess you know what if I do amazing but what if I don't you know I can see this opportunity it's a big decision but if I don't I get to, don't get to do the thing that I love or give as much time to the thing that I love to do I love that and that brings me on to a question I want to I'll, I'll move around the room with which is what are some of those questions that we can ask ourselves so for the listeners who are kind of on the knife edge of a decision so what if I don't any other questions or any other thing things to consider they don't even have to be all the way questions I'm biased because I'm a coach I love questions <laughs> anything else they should consider um Heather absolutely being on that knife edge place um and reflecting back on what really helped me when I was in that place uh especially um before deciding to go all in with my current business was uh, asking yourself, you know, really being able to connect to your your values. I, I did work mm-hmm. with a coach and I found that incredibly useful. And I mentioned, you know, feeling angry before when I was feeling stuck in my role and, and simply by connecting with uh, my values and, you know, I uh, the reflection and the self-awareness and going through that process firstly helped to ease a lot of that anger because mm-hmm. I was able to replace that with understanding mm-hmm. and replace that with compassion uh, and also that helped me um, really clarify what the next step needed to be based on that information so going through yeah. that reflection process really empowered me to make the decision and the, then the other thing was what happens if you don't like what's the worst thing that happens if you don't make this decision or if you do what would the worst thing be and sort of allowing yourself to catastrophize in a way Mm. (laughs) and uh, then being able to get that out of the shadow and into the light and poke at it yeah uh, was also a really helpful process when I was was on a knife edge Mm. Thank you, Heather. Hannah, yeah. <laughs> um, actually, my my question is is not necessarily <laughs> to you guys, but it's just it's just to yourself. Is is who can help? Because actually, mm. that's it's not so simple as just talking to the people immediate to you. Um, certainly wasn't for my case. Like bless him, my husband is is also an architect. Really, sort of my cheerleader. Um, but he he doesn't get it and you know and and when I try and sort of maybe at the end of a a particularly difficult day I might unload and sort of have a bit of a moan about uh, various things I've been dealing with that day and you know his way to deal with it is is more sort of coming up with a um, a solution uh, and trying to make it better when actually I just kind of want to talk to someone that gets it um, and that's why. So now I've been able to make a, a group of, and we're going co-working next week, just of people in the same position as I am, because actually there are very few people that can truly understand <laughs> uh, 
unless they've either been through it before, like a mentor um, or um, a coach, um, or those people that are currently going through it. And actually, sometimes um, the... (laughs) The advice, you don't just need a cheerleader. Cheerleaders are great. You you, you need them. <laughs> yeah. But um, to, to really um, make make progress and to, to get to the depths of um, what you're dealing with, you also need someone that's going to have critical feedback as well as, as, well as positive feedback. You know, you need a sort of a plethora of, of um, uh, options and people around you. People are so important, and it's you know I'm 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 an extrovert. You might be able to tell from, <laughs> from my expression. <laughs> and so therefore, I've struggled a lot with through the pandemic and and um, being in a situation where I am dealing with a lot of things by myself, um, and that has pushed me to to reach out. Um, and it's not easy. It's really not. Uh, a lot of people don't actually want to talk. <laughs> it turns out. <laughs> um, but you know, just taking your time, be patient, and those people they they they're out there and they they come. Um, you just got to got to really push yourself to reach out to them. Definitely. I call them my sandpaper people. Because sandpaper's uncomfortable, but it's not it's not quite it's not gonna destroy you, right? It's gonna buff you around the edges and it's gonna challenge your thought process. Because that's also one thing, and I, I thank you so much for bringing this up. Because as much as yes, I am a coach here that works with people on this, sometimes we have those people in our lives who will be able to ask the question. We're able to ask, um, you know, have you have you thought about this or have you thought about that? Or, oh, tell me some more about where that came from for you or whatever it may be. And in some ways, if we're lucky, they they manage to phrase it just in that right way where it's a challenge and not a sort of, oh, gosh, I need to put up a boundary here and never talk to you this to you about this again, because you're just eroding all of my confidence and spirits. Um but they come from that genuine space of curiosity that then in many ways, if it is the decision that's right for you, and this is me speaking from my personal experience and what I've observed with clients, is it means you make a, a well-rounded decision. So something that maybe started off as a gut feeling gets a little bit of challenge. And maybe you walk away from that conversation saying, actually, that conversation made me realize there's a few other things I could research. I'm still good. The decision is still the decision. You didn't change my mind but I could pull together a little bit more of a plan. Or actually, I'll talk to these two people before I send this thing, or I pop up this thing, or I create this thing. And then it is a more well-rounded decision. The decision's got a little bit more in terms of like legs. Um, Because also as well, um, and this is me sort of generalizing, but essentially as entrepreneurs, there are very few decisions that we make that get to be secret. Do you know what I mean? Anna, you've shared going part-time. At a certain point, your clients are going to figure out, oh, she's available a few more days during the week or a few more different times. I know that's certainly for me, somebody who offers coaching sessions around my day job, my clients know when Jazz, I've taken the week off as we're recording now. So my clients are having a field day. They're like, I can talk to her at 10, talk to her at 8 a.m. I can talk to her at 6 p.m. Oh my gosh, it's not just lunches, evenings, weekends and the occasional morning right um 
And I think that that means that it's always a good thing to have those sandpaper conversations or those sandpaper people, because we carry that confidence, we carry that response when we make it public. You know, again, going back to you, Hannah, when you make it public and you go from the friends and family round to the, I am out there and I will talk to anybody who listens and I'm going to share the link and you share the link and everybody get on board with this mission you've had the sandpaper people and that maybe translates into an FAQ question or a way that you present the information or the way that you even like explain or articulate. I try and get away from the way explain because sometimes, and I don't know about you, I invite you to chime in here, but sometimes I make decisions and depending on how wobbly or sturdy I feel in it, I feel a little bit of pressure to justify it after the fact to over explain the why and to console everybody on the planet, right? This is not me just talking about like our partners and those whose lives will be affected by us doing things different ways. But I don't know if that's something that any of you um, relate to. Heather, you're nodding. (laughs) Yes, I think feeling comfortable, you know, especially if it's a new-ish decision or statement that you're putting out in the universe, right? Feeling like you can say it and then leave it there Mm. and inhale and have that silence, that can feel really scary (laughs) and vulnerable. And I certainly connect to that and absolutely have the tendency if I'm feeling particularly unsure about uh, things to continue to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. However, I have been, uh, you know, have all, for quite a while now trying to train myself to let it just live and sit mm. and be and going from there. And I think it is not always easy to do that. <laughs> like you said, I love that trying to walk away from the word explain. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a really beautiful way to phrase it, Jazz. Yeah. Anna. Yeah. I was just going to say when you mentioned why, I think it's about owning your why. You know, this is your career, this is your life, own it and get comfortable with why you're making these decisions. Don't worry about anyone else. You don't have to explain yourself to anybody as long as you're comfortable and knowing your why. Um, that's what matters most. 100%. Oh, we're coming up to time. So I just want to ask you for your, your nugget of wisdom. If you were to speak to someone who is on that knife edge, what would be your best advice for them? And I'll start off with Hannah. (laughs) Um, Oh, get out there meet people, talk, talk about your idea, you know, uh, as much as possible, (laughs) uh, Mm. have people hear it, different types of people, you know, your mum, but also, (laughs) also, you know, (laughs) bankers and whoever, you know, talk about it to everyone. And, and that's how you sort of not only gain your own confidence, but also it builds up your knowledge base and, and, um, it, it just it, it gets you thinking about things you might not otherwise think about yourself. I, you know, it's so easy, certainly after the pandemic, to sort of work in a in a vacuum um, and re, you know, like I've done researching online on Google on YouTube. But actually, way more important is talking to other people that have either been through what you're going through or can you know sort of give you give you feedback. It's it's just yeah, so important. Get out there. Amazing. Thank you, Hannah. Heather. 
I would say if there is a situation where you can test your next move, uh, whether that is in your current role, if there's something that you can maybe bring to the table and maybe no one else needs to know, but you start to plant the seed and to test it out, or whether it is stepping outside of your career path and finding a unique situation to try out and test your idea. I think that can be another way to start to work out if that is the right next thing for you. Yeah. Anna? Um, My advice would be to just don't do it alone. I think we can get stuck in our own heads, spinning around and kind of always on this edge of a decision. Um, But to your point, um, Hannah, earlier around kind of community or whether it is a coach or um, someone that you can uh, confide in and get challenged back from, don't, you're not alone in it. Um, So don't keep it kind of all locked in, share, talk it out. Um, It's going to help you get a lot more clarity if you're, if you're doing it with others surrounding you and lifting you up. Yeah, definitely. Mine is going to be very expected, but find those sandpaper people. Kind of goes against the grain, but find people with opposing perspectives, with different perspectives, um, because in many senses, they represent the wider world that you'll be declaring this to or introducing this to in many ways. But it also, again, gives you an opportunity to just round out um, round out that idea so it becomes more than just the gut feeling or the as I kind of articulated earlier um, and you can just feel even stronger you can kind of feed that feedback into the strengths of your convictions around that idea so before we go I want to make sure that you all get a chance to connect with these amazing ladies who have shared their journey so Hannah where can people follow your journey um give you money right (laughs) (laughs) give me (laughs) um so um i obviously have a website um at workwith.online that's work with (laughs) as you can imagine um but um um, I'm doing a lot of my um, social media through Instagram. So it's work with under slash network or on LinkedIn. Um, and that's under my name, Hannah Cordell. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, I'd love to talk to anyone that's in the same position as me or interested in, in joining the network. We actually are launching um, the app later in the year. That's still in development, but we are already starting mm-hmm. with our co-working and our events and things um, in the Surrey area at first um, and branching out currently. <laughs> so um, yeah. connect wherever you're from. Amazing. Thank you, Hannah. Heather. So I am at Heather Jeffries underscore on Instagram, uh, but it's Heather Jeffries on LinkedIn and heatherjeffries.com uh, is my is my website. And that that's where you can find me. And I'm excited to continue the conversation with you, Hannah and Anna. It's been <laughs> yeah, fantastic to, to meet you all today. Jazz, you've done a wonderful job uh, curating some Uh, fellow like-minded women to add to uh, the conversation today. Amazing. Thank you. Anna? 
Thanks, Jazz. Um, so you'll probably find me mostly on Instagram um, at reclaim underscore your underscore lane um, or Anna Campbell on LinkedIn. So yeah, invite anyone to um, pop on over if you've listened to this conversation and want to uh, hear more or connect. And yeah, thank you again, you guys. It's been a fab conversation. Amazing. Thank you all. What an episode. Want to continue the conversation? Join the Limitless Letter to get weekly resources for your high-achieving career in a place where we all get what it means to embrace ambition and declare your desires. Go to justjazz.co forward slash join and I'll see you there.